tests were carried out between 9am on Christmas Eve and 9am on Boxing Day. 4,142 new cases have been reported across Wales, while 70 deaths have been recorded as well. 253 new cases were reported in Carmarthenshire, 37 in Ceredigion and 51 in Pembrokeshire. Dr Jiri Shankar, Incident Director for the COVID-19 Outbreak Response at Public Health Wales, has said we hope everyone has had a healthy and safe Christmas. The lockdown restrictions remain and we advise everyone to stay at home except for reasonable excuses and to limit your social contacts. Please note that our daily figures published at midday yesterday cover a 48-hour period from December 24th to December 26th instead of the usual 24-hour period. Travellers who have been in or transisted through South Africa in the last 10 days are no longer allowed into the UK. Any passengers returning to Wales from South Africa since December 14th have been contacted by Public Health Wales and will take a Covid test as advised. A sheep farmer who says he has incurred losses of £32,000 as a result of raw sewage repeatedly contaminating pasture grazed by his flock is appealing to Welsh Water to take remedial action to prevent further spillages. Richard Lee has a farm business tenancy on 86 acres of National Trust land on the Southwood estate at Newgale. He has been locked in a battle with Welsh Water since December 2019 when raw sewage first flooded onto his land from the main sewer pipe that runs between Roch and the treatment works at Newgale. A flock of 470 pregnant ewes were grazing the land and a significant number of those developed a serious eye infection. Swabs taken by Mr Lee's vet revealed they had a bacterial infection which he directly linked to organisms in the sewage. Despite treatment, it took the ewes over three months to recover and as a result, the flock's lambing percentage plummeted to 117% from a five-year average of 182%. Many of the ewes have been left with permanent scarring and several have lost their sight completely. Mr Lee said he wants the company to lay a new pipe to bypass the point where the leak occurs and a compensation claim for £32,000 to cover loss of production, veterinary costs and loss of grazing was submitted to Welsh Water but its insurers claim that the company is not to blame. He said they basically said that they are not in control of what people put down their toilets and that they are innocent of blame. He has continued to pursue Welsh Water through his solicitor, but his legal bills are mounting up. Mr Lee also pointed out that farmers are prosecuted if they pollute watercourses. He said the heavy hand of the law comes down on them, but Welsh Water seems to be immune from prosecution. After numerous contamination episodes in 2020, including five since September, Mr Lee met a Welsh Water engineer on site in November. A statement from Welsh Water confirmed that it was aware of an operational issue on the public sewer in the Newgale area. It said it would be carrying out investigations into the cause over the Christmas period. I'm Charlie James and you're up to date on Pure West. Have a very Merry Christmas from all the team at Pure West Radio.
Well, a very good evening and welcome to Pure West Sport with G&G Builders. It's a Christmas special for a chilly bank holiday Monday night and we hope you had an absolutely fantastic Christmas and you're ready for two hours of sport with a wide range of guests, all with Pembrokeshire connections. If you're watching on the Facebook page, well, once again, you'll notice we're all in different locations as we continue to follow the COVID-19 restrictions and by the magic of radio, I'm once again joined by three of Pembrokeshire's finest. Season's greetings one and all. Bill Khan, good evening. Evening, young fella. Nice to see you on such a cold night. It's freezing here. Yeah, bitterly cold. Uh, Fraser Watson, how are you? Very good, Ben. Tad concerned at the moment. The wind and rain have been knocking my internet connection about a bit, so touch wood, it holds true for the next two hours. Well, for people listening on purewestradio.com, that should be okay. If you're watching on the Facebook page, if Fraser freezes every now and then, just bear with us. Gordon Gordon Thomas, how are we? Are you well? Yeah, had an enjoyable Christmas, Ben. Very quiet under the circumstances, but an enjoyable one. Yeah, that's How are cool. you? Yeah, not too bad at all. Bit disappointed with Tottenham's result uh, last night. We'll pick that up with one of our guests that's going to be joining us shortly because this evening we have got uh, six guests joining us. The whole show is live tonight on the Pure West Radio Facebook page, so you can join in. Hashtag Pure West Sport. We've got a range of guests. Bill, haven't we? We've got guests from all sorts of different sports with us tonight. Yeah, the nice thing is we could be doing this every week because everyone we asked was delighted to come on and we got some lovely characters starting with our first gentleman but overall they're, they're lovely and lots of sports covered as well oh certainly is football yeah. weightlifting we we've even got someone gordon who did work experience with you yeah it's going back a long while now but we have uh, riath al samurai who played for Prendigus Villa back in the day who is now a top reporter with uh, well I should say a chief writer uh, mm. with the uh, Daily Mail. I look forward to talking to my own mate uh, later on I'm sure him. we'll have plenty of banter between Riyadh and myself. You taught him all Not he too knows much good. <laughs> and let's go to our first guest and I'm going to ask Fraser uh, to introduce someone who's going to talk to us about a couple of different sports, isn't that right Fraser? Yeah, so I'm well known throughout the county, Richard Scriven at the stalwart at Langham RFC, but it's actually cricket we're going to kick off with tonight because he's on the county executive. Long-time player with Halford West, but now on the circuit as an umpire as well. And and Richard, I know, was very instrumental in, in getting cricket on in Pembrokeshire this summer. And as a result, I think we were the only county to play its Premier Cup competitions. And, and given all that went on, Rich, and how you guys had to adapt at short notice, overall, you must have seen that as a success. Well, yeah, at the end of the day, with only sort of us playing any cup competitions rather than pods and friendlies, and when you see what's even going on tonight with the Premiership, for us to get all the cricket played, the cup competitions to a finish, and uh, I don't think there was ever any danger of any COVID spreading through to any of the cricket that was played because everyone was so brilliant from the groundsmen to the stewards or whatever who were opening the clubs and then disappearing. It, It went really well, to be fair. I have to say, Richard, authorities often get knocked on, on this programme sometimes as well. I'll, I'll hold my hands up to that, but national authorities I'm talking about now. But, but Cricket Wales gave the impression to me they were very helpful throughout, and Kerry Shahal in particular, and they were very proactive in, in encouraging Pembroke to get going and even offering solutions, weren't they? Um, now, I don't know if everyone on the county exec agreed. I know there was some reluctance there, and that's understandable when some people were vulnerable and, and then and classed as over 70 and obviously it, it wasn't a frightening situation for a lot of people but I, I got the impression they were really willing to get things going and 
to lend a helping hand, so to speak. Yeah, they were cricket wives were great. I spoke to Kerry a few times on the phone and they they had their idea of what they wanted to do with their pods throughout Wales as soon as the ECB had said that cricket could be played. And we just took it a step further, if you like, because Pembroke sport's always been the same. It's it's the competition and the camaraderie that seems to go hand in hand. And we just thought it added something to it by playing the cup competitions. There was no way we were ever going to get a full league season in. But um, with the cup competitions, it did add just a little bit of spice to it. Did, did you have to get a lot of support, Richard, from the clubs to be able to get matches played safely? It must have taken some buy-in from everyone involved because it's great to see cricket played, but it was still no ordinary cricket season, was it, given the circumstances? The clubs were absolutely brilliant. There was there were some people asked the questions about safety and all at the start, but once we got into it and got... and. They could see we were trying to organise it. Every club in the county was brilliant from the ones who turned around and said, look, we can't do it, which was fair enough because we didn't want to force anybody to play, to the ones that really grasped the ball by the horns and like Pembroke Dock, who probably played as many games this season in Pembroke Dock as they do in a normal season, to be fair. Mm -hmm. Can I ask you, you don't mind me saying, I see a lot of you from me when I started in a county executive, you all might be saying, I know you were a bit seen as a bit of a rebel in your games, in your playing days, you were a hard man, and now your approach had turned gamekeeper, you held in huge esteem as an empire, quite rightly, and you're the youngster come on to the scene in the executive. Just off the record, just between me and you, how were you accepted in that? I know it's changed dramatically since my age, yeah, my time, the average age is about 70, now it's younger. Have you been sort of made very welcome into the committee? On the uh, umpiring committee? No, on the county executive. Yeah, the county executive have been brilliant. Uh, I think I was lucky in a way that um, you had Paul Webb and uh, Richard Mm. Merriman as his vice chairman, so they were sort of bridging the gap between the elder ones and the younger ones. So, um, and to be fair, we've had brisk discussions, all of us together, and sometimes over the phone and... They, if, if they don't think something's right, they, they tell you if, you if you come up with a good idea, they, they back you all away. They, they've been great. Mm-hmm. That's very politically correct of you because you <laughs> ruffled a few feathers, especially with your playing and music at cup finals. Yeah, I'm not sure was that more the media or the... (laughs) (laughs) Well, Richard Gordon, actually, you were hoping that you two may do a duet this evening, weren't you, Gordon? Uh, We've done that in the past in Langham or Halford West Rugby Club. Richard, I have to applaud uh, Pembroke County Club getting uh, the cricket uh, going ahead in the summer. You spoke about it. What was interesting to me was that you got two games played on on a Saturday at the same grounds. I thought that was fantastic. Really good. Uh, that's the sort of mm. cricket I want to see on a Saturday. It's entertaining. <laughs> and also, it was a big bonus for Bill. He didn't have any cricket tees and he lost at least a stone and a half. So for his health guys, that was fantastic. Is that something you're going to look to in the future there, there mate? You're going to look to two games on a Saturday? Well, to be fair, it was the, the only way, because the rules, what we wanted to do when we put the cup competitions together was we didn't want to break any rules so nobody could come back. So basically, we had to have the Harrison Allen style. I was in Saundersfoot the first weekend we did it. Uh, by the two games down there, uh, Saundersfoot and Tish. But by us playing the first game, the uh, Harrison Allen first, it meant that the Alec Collins could be played straight away. 
Mm. And then because mm. of the time scale, we thought after I put that idea forward and then it got passed, we thought, well, why should we put a back on then on the Sunday if it didn't work out through the rest of the yeah. So it did. It, it worked well in the end. We were lucky with the weather. We were lucky with a few things that mm. fell into place. Mm. Any yeah. thoughts on what the future might look like, Richard? Are you looking ahead to, to next season? I know it's so difficult at the moment to to plan that far ahead, but have you given it any thought to what that might look like next year? Well, ho- hopefully up until just before Christmas or the 18th or whatever the date was when it all seemed to kick off again, we, we were lucky enough playing a proper cricket season because we proved we could do it during the COVID crisis. Mm. So we were hoping to start at the end of April like we normally would, play the full league season and and the cup matches revert to midweek as it's always been. Whether things will change again now in the next couple of months, that's, that's mm. a totally different story in it, the sport. <laughs> Just to, to alter the, the, the subject quickly here, Rich, obviously we're Christmas time now, Boxing Day of the Day, you've been so heavily involved in Langham Hafford West. What is your concern, not necessarily for Langham, for clubs on a whole, with how they will emerge out of this pandemic? Because we've talked a bar a few sessions, which you all know are greatly restricted. We've talked a very long period of inactivity now. Yeah, the, the, the worrying thing from our point of view in Langham, I can't talk for anyone else, but I, I know quite a few people throughout the county and we've had chats and stuff, is the, the older players who were playing, whether now that they've had well, it looks like going to be a total season off, whether they're going to be able to get the fitness Mm. or even the get-go to go out again and get fit for the new season. That's going to be the problem, whether they'll just knock it on the head. I know we've got probably two or three in Langham and every club throughout the county's got exactly the same. So that would be such a shame to lose that sort of uh, player. But the youngsters, I suppose, once it starts again, it'll all come back through and they'll just kick on from where they left off. Mm-hmm. It is difficult though, isn't it, Richard, for, for rugby clubs all over Pembrokeshire yeah, for that reason, that they don't want to lose players. They're the lifeblood. Also volunteers, you know, but when you have time away from a club, you, you then have to come back and pick it all up again. That so many challenges facing our clubs right now. Yeah, there is. Like again, all I can speak for is Langham. We've we opened up over the autumn internationals, we opened the clubhouse. We we've done a lot of work to Langham mm-hmm. as a whole, which I'm sure you all get to see once it's back. We've um, we put uh, barriers right around the field down in Langham because they were a bit dilapidated. So we've got that in place. We've done the whole clubhouse out, the committee, new floors, new, or basically taken everything out, repainted it and got it all. So that would be good. And we've tried to keep all the boys interested because there's quite a few of the players are on the committee now. Mm. So hope, hopefully that'll keep them all going. Training was going well when we were allowed to train. We were having 15, mm. 16, which for Langham was about as good as it's ever got anyway. But uh, I'm hoping... There was no contact, Rich. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, there was no contact, but the boys seem to be enjoying it. Bruce is doing a good job down there. And when I've spoken to other clubs, they seem to have a good crowd training, but it's just not... With nothing, no end goal of, or date to play for. Mm. It's been really yeah. good. You've got a, you've got a basically young cider, Rich. So you've got a chance with that. I got a chuckle, and I want to make a bet with you. I'm going to win ten quid off Ben Stone because he said Tottenham were going to win the league. I prepared to bet <laughs> a few weeks ago. Couldn't double my money. When you get all those nice barriers round the ground and things, I'll bet you a ten that it still won't stop the Langham gang still standing inside right on the pitch. 
<laughs> you ready for that bet? Yeah, I'll take that bet. Ready? Well, that's twenty quid I got. He chucks his money around on this show. Yeah. I have to say, yeah. I, I don't know why. Well, listen, I, I think um, we speak for for all of us on the show. We we think you're doing a great job, Richard. But we we hope as well, don't we, Bill Gordon Fraser, that very soon we can see yeah, cricket yeah. played normally. Bill eating Definitely. his cricket teas on a hot summer's day. Yeah, I do, but I will say to Scriv on a, on a serious note, he's been a breath of fresh air with umpiring as well. Him and people like Chris Stapleton mm. and Gary Williams and, and those boys are coming young now. They've just finished playing cricket and they're carrying the game forward. And don't you give any nonsense or criteria to Gordon Thomas because he wants to play 10 overs aside and get home to his missus. <laughs> <laughs> Gordon likes the short form of the game, doesn't yeah. he? No, no doubt about that. I think Fraser, it's the way to go, Richard. It's yeah. the way to go, Bi- mate. Bill's a purist, of course, or no so he tells teams. us anyway. Let's get in the bar and have a couple of pints mate. Well, listen, Richard, thank you for kicking off the show this evening. Absolute pleasure to talk to you. Keep up the fantastic work. Uh, thank you very much for being with us this evening on Pure West Radio. On the way, uh, loads more still to come. Uh, we're talking weightlifting before eight. And next, we've got the manager of Haverford West County, Wayne Jones, to talk to on Pure West Sports. Ho, ho, ho. Santa here to tell you all about the Pure West Radio Christmas Extravaganza, their biggest ever giveaway, with over 24 unique prizes valued at over £2,000. Visit purewestradio.com to find out what prizes you can win by checking the interactive advent calendar in association with... West Wales Karting, Withybush Showground, the ultimate indoor karting experience. Vaughan's a family-run business since 1971 who are committed to delivering the highest levels of customer service and support. They have six showrooms throughout Wales, two of which are in Haverford West. What separates Vaughan's from its competition is its highest levels of customer service. For your next electrical item, visit Vaughan's before anyone else. Visit www.vaughan's.co.uk. Ho, ho, ho! Don't forget, a new prize is added every day until Christmas Eve. Have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year for me, Santa, and all my friends here at Pure West Radio. Ah, enemy ahead. Fire. Where? I can't see them. Right there. Fire. Oh, man, you missed again. You need to get your eyes tested. Nah, mate. I ain't got the cash for that. You're in college. You can get an eye test for free. Really? From where? I'm with Mags Optics. They're in the Riverside Arcade in Halford West. Sick. I'll check it out. Eye tests are free for children under 16 and those aged 16 to 18 who are in full-time education. Glasses up to £85 are free for students aged 18 and under with an NHS voucher. Call Paul, Tina and the team on 01437 767744 or go to magsoptics.co.uk to book an appointment. Mags Optics are the proud sponsors of the gaming show on Pure West Radio. This is Pure West Radio for Pembrokeshire from Pembrokeshire. Are they, are they?
It's the Pet Shop Boys on Pure West Radio for Monday night, Bank Holiday Monday. This is Pure West Sport with G&G Builders. Find out more at pembershirebuilders.co.uk. This is our Christmas special, the whole two hours live on the Pure West Radio Facebook page. I'm Ben Stone, Gordon Thomas, Fraser Watson and Bill Kahn here and guests from the uh, the, the world of Pembrokeshire sport. We've got a real variety of people joining us between now and nine o'clock. And Gordon, you're going to introduce our next guest who should have been preparing for a game tomorrow night. Yeah, he's very well known down in the Bridge Meadow, obviously. Wayne Jones, current manager. 
played for the Bluebirds in the 2003-2004 season in the UEFA Cup, the only players to have played in Europe for the Bluebirds. He's had two spells as manager. We're hoping he doesn't get the sack yet. But Wayne, welcome to the show, mate. It's good to have you on board tonight. Yeah, pleasure, guys. Thank you very much for uh, offering us the chance to be here. It's really good to talk to you, Wayne. As I said, should have been preparing for a game tomorrow. That obviously uh, fell victim to the the surge in, in COVID cases. I think that's probably a, a good place to start. What What's it been like um, managing the Bluebirds over the last few months? Because it's been a really challenging period, I imagine. Yeah, totally, to be honest with you, Ben. Um, the, you know, the guys behind the scenes, we're fortunate that we've got a good medical staff that's been assembled this year. Um, and credit to Dr. Richard Thompson, who's been very supportive and given lots of advice on you know, the health issues and the risk factors, along with Julia Grice, who's our COVID officer. You know, she's a lot of dialogue with the FAW, how to comply with regulations in order to get the games going ahead. And, you know, thankfully, it's all been well structured and, you know, we've done the best we can out of a, a difficult situation. Absolutely right. Bill, you've you've been on the Bridge Meadow reporting on some of the games. What about matters on the pitch? Well, I, I think Wayne and I talk every week at a Zoom meeting and uh, we have a chat as well. Um, Wayne, you've said you've been honest from the start. There's been a bit of low time then, a bit of euphoria. I think the reality is now is you, everybody knows how tough the division is. But your view's been the same right from the start, is not You've got one aim. Yeah, totally. Totally, Bill. You know, um. Staying up is paramount for the club. You know, the club's in big transition at the moment to what it's been. Um, we're all learning, I think, every day. You know, there's new things imp- implemented, there's new structures, there's new criteria. Um, the new chairman uh, has implemented a few things he wants to, you know, to do differently his way, which hasn't been the way in the past. And, you know, we've all sort of adapted fairly well, considering. And on top of, obviously, the COVID um, scenario we've had to deal with, I think, you know, we've paddled that canoe fairly well at the moment. Mm, indeed, and there have been some, some pretty good results as well, Wayne. Frustrating, perhaps, all the more that uh, the next few games are off. I know it's the right thing to do, but they come on the back of a good win against Barry. Yeah, totally. You know, um, prior to that, I think we had two below par performances, in all honesty, from um, the, the, the Druids games back to back games day. So, you know, we, we, we replied with a good performance um, at home, which was important for us because our home form hasn't been great this year. Um, and like you said, it's on the back then of. You know, another good display in Stuff midweek. So, you know, it's most probably, it, it's come, but if I'm being honest, I think it's come at the right time because we've had such a lot of football recently and, you know, we've picked up quite a few injuries and I think mm-hmm. the break now will do the players of the world a good, personally. Mm-hmm. Well, just to pick up on something you, you said there about the goal remains to stay up, but I know I'm talking hypothetically, though, and we hope we get a full season in. Um, that might be a little bit up in there, depending on how, how things progress with the vaccine and this current lockdown, but... You say staying up the priority. At what point do you reassess your goals? Because looking at the table at the moment, you're in seventh place. You're nine points clear of relegation. You're actually one win, I think. A game in, if you win your game in hand in Carnarvon Town, you technically go in there. You've got every chance at the moment of, of getting in the top six when the season does split. You know, So whilst that remains the goal at the moment, is there part of you thinking, oh, hang on, maybe the, the bar's been raised higher for us because of the way we've performed so far? Yeah, quite possibly, Frizz, but... You know, I, I'm quite realistic enough to know as well. With three defeats from possibly being in the bottom two again. Yeah, okay. And you know, if, if I look at it that way, and I think if we, you know, we've got a very young group and an experienced group at this level, um, and we're most probably, in all honesty, punching a little bit above our weight. And I think the minute we take our foot off the gas and think that we've got there, I think this league is ruthless for us to, 
basically capitalise on it. And then I don't want to be going into possibly, like you said, the next stage of when the split potentially happens, that we're having to scrap for points. Mm. So I think, you know, our mentality, our weight, our mindset has been good enough for now. And I don't want anybody to try and change that. And then if we get in the top six or whatever's ahead of us, great. And, and, and we've earned the right. But I think the here and now, you know, I've made mistakes in the past and learning from my experience, thinking, you know, you can go ahead and do things. And I think in all reality, if we go down that road this time round, I think we will get punished for it. OK. Wayne, you mentioned a, a young squad. No, and it is a young squad. But if you look at it, the real plus points, so you've got three, four, at least four players who were 19 and some mm. other youngsters as well. They've got to have been big pluses for you, the Shookers. They played out of their skins, most of them, haven't they? They have, and, you know, full credit to them. You know, um, start of the season, you know, we, I wanted to try and give as many players, you know, the, the opportunity of playing at the highest level of national football. Um, you know, we're fortunate we brag eight Premiership players within our squad. Um, again, nine, nine out of our squad of 20 are under the age of 21. And I don't think there's that many clubs are within the 12 teams in our National League can brag that. So no, no, that's, no, that's no, no. a credit, I think, to themselves. So certainly a credit to the club. Also to, you know, the people behind the scenes who work with the academies from, you know, the lower yeah. ages through. And, you know, they've come from local clubs in around Pembrokeshire. And, you know, we're fortunate that we can give them an opportunity to sort of fly the flag for Pembrokeshire, mm -hmm. which, you know, me living in Camarin, you know, I, I see what goes on or has gone on in, in the years past in Camarin. That's never been the case. And I think it's something that, down West here, we've got to be really proud of and, and really hold on to and, mm. and stick to our principles in what the club's all about as well. Gordon, uh, in the past, uh, Wayne, I, I know the club has been criticised for not bringing in local players. I mean, you've done that over the last few seasons. But to be fair, the players who are good enough, and they do get their opportunity, and you do hold to your word, that will happen. And I have seen that happen over the season. So any youngster who wants to play at the highest level for Arthur West County in the Welsh Premier will give will be given the opportunity if they go through the correct pathway, Wayne, yeah? Totally, totally. You know, I mean, I've been involved around the club for 17 years as a player. Um, you know, going back to when you said earlier, 2003, 2004, when we were most probably the most successful in at this level of the club's been in terms of representing in Europe and playing, obviously, in the UEFA Cup. But, you know, no, I know what it means to the people of Pembrokeshire to, you know, stand there and watch a loved one or a family member or a friend of a friend playing. Mm. And it's a case of it's down to the players then if they've got the right mindset and mentality to continue it and work hard, which... Has happened for the last 15, 20 years. And I go back to players of your Lee Hudgels when I was playing years ago to, you know, Dylan Blaine's all premature lads or what have you. And, you yeah. know, they made good careers. They've done well for themselves out of it. And there's no, no, nothing changes there because, you know, we invest a lot in our academy structure and the coaches, they work hard, you know, every single season, morning, noon and night, winter, come rain or shine. They're out there, you know, working at different venues, whether it be down in Pembroke, whether it be, you know, Kyle, and they're working hard to get the best out of these players. And if people like myself in charge can't give them the chance after all that, you know, sort of pathway work, then, you know, what's it all about? I just think that the club's in a good position, you know, financially off the field, it's well structured. I think there's no reason that if we can keep the crop coming through, coming through, then it's only going to better Pembrokeshire as a sport and certainly as a, as a football area. And that's got to continue, in my, in my opinion. Mm. 
Yeah, Wayne, can I ask you? I mean, you've got a relatively small squad because of finance. That's the truth of it. You look at some of the North Wales sites, there's loads of them. If I could be a, a, a sort of a fairy on the top of the Christmas tree, no laughter from you. Eh? <laughs> That's an image. That's an image, one, right? uh, I've got visions of that now, Phil. Blimey. They can't unsee that. that. It's all Gordon Thomas. Um, <laughs> to wave a magic wand now for the new year. What's your, your ambition? Who do you, what do you need? You, you need to build a bit of a squad still. What are you looking to bring in? I, said, I know it's a, a naughty question in one way, but I know you'll answer it. Well, I think we do we need a little bit more experience, you know. Obviously, the window opens on the 1st of January. Um, you know, we've suffered a couple of injuries of late. You know, players fatigued and openly admit that they've been most probably... You know, overplay too much. Um, mm. We recruited, I think, fairly well just before the window shut. You know, we brought your earlier Scotchers into the club, Dan Summerfields, guys who played at a decent level, who, and also increased the physicality of the team. Because one thing I learned mm. early doors, with all due respect of last year's squad, is that the height and physique, I felt at this level, we may struggle, which maybe early doors was the case. But since we've sort of brought in players of um, different stature, I think it's helped us. Yeah. Going on to it, you know, obviously Mark Jones has gone back to Britain Ferry. Um, you know, we're, we're hopeful that we can keep the players we've got as well. You know, we've got most probably, I think it's out of our squad now of 18, we've got 16 on contract. So, you know, they could be with us hopefully till the end of the season. But, you know, things happen and, you know, the transfer window's open, not just for us to bring players in, but there may be one or two inquiries from other clubs regarding our players. So, yeah. But my priority at the moment is ideally trying to hold on to what we've got and build, you know, use this window, not for great mass, you know, use one or two maybe players with a little bit more experience just to sort of guide us through and consolidate where we want to be. I had flashbacks there, Bill, and I won't mention any names, but we once asked, when Bill and I did this show previously, we once asked one of your predecessors as have for West County Manager, going back 11 or 12 years, that very same question, who are you looking to bring in and will you tell us any targets? I'm not mentioning any names, but his answer was no. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you for Gordon, answering that, Wayne. Yeah. Yeah. Once wound up a gentleman who should be nameless but played at the top level, Gordon asked him questions, and within 30 seconds, I think he was ready to punch Gordon's like <laughs> oh, I can't. Mr. Lee face. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No names, no names. No names. No names. No names. I spent ages writing what I thought was a really good article. I put my heart and soul into it. I put it on Facebook. Everybody thought he was smashing all, saying what a nice guy you are. Gordon Thomas, my partner in crime on PemmershireSport.co.uk, merely writes a a Twitter line, and then you're saying, well done, God, top sports reporter in Pembrokeshire for writing a Twitter line. But but that's the problem. I'm no longer on Facebook. I'm only on Twitter now. Yeah. yeah, well, you are, good job you come <laughs> off it. If you want to apologise on air to me, I don't mind. Or you don't have to. At, the, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, Wayne, you know I do the football reports for Half West County on PembrokeshireSports.co.uk. So I think Bill is trying to take away my bit of glory. They're brilliantly written as well. With respect, me and Gordon go back many, many years, and he's looked after me in the public eye very well. Hey, Wayne, we go back that far when you played football with me at Pentramurig with my two nephews, Mark and Liam, mate. What we haven't told you, Bill, I'm I'm very pally with Gordon's nephews. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. I'm sorry to break up the squabbling yeah. over Wayne's affections here. But yeah, just yeah, 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 one, yeah. One quick, genuine question for you, Wayne. Yeah. I've got one more. Obviously, games are curtailed, training's curtailed as well. 
other players, it's not the, the deal time of year to be asking this, it's Christmas, it's Boxing Day, there's Turkey and all yeah. sorts of flying around. Are the players on any kind of virtual fitness programmes? Yeah, they are. Um, to be fair, we brought David Grice in um, of late and he's got the speciality role as such as fitness and um, conditioning coach. Uh, he works very closely alongside Mark Murison in terms of, you know, their programmes and making sure they adhere to it. And yeah, to be fair, you know, we've got WhatsApps, they've obviously monitored there in terms of what they're given. And they're all, to be fair, they're all um, adhering to it well. We had given them three days off, just pure rest to enjoy with the families. Sure. But, you know, obviously last night then was the first time that I was looking through the data and stuff last night. So in all fairness, they're, 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 they're adhering to it well. And hopefully all's well with, you know, what's going on that we can get back. And we've sort of penciled in now to get back training. I think it's around, around about the 9th, 10th of um, okay. January okay. as a group. Okay. And I guess it, it, it's a time of year for anyone who, when you have the, the, the temperature dropping and the intense amount of games you've had, the, the last thing you want is people coming back and under condition, so to speak, don't you? Yeah, exactly, because there's a lot of you know injury prevention. It's yeah. And the level we're at, it's it's just relentless. And, and I think that's one thing that, you know, we, we as a group have certainly learned this year in terms of how fit you've got to be. And, you know, when I was playing, in all honesty, not different to yourselves, I think, you know, you've got to condition your bodies a lot better now if you want to stay at that level. And to be fair, you know, I've got to give the players credit. They, well, they do that really well with the support. The, ev- the evidence has been there in the late goals, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. you're thinner now, and when you were playing, you were a fat little bit. <laughs> I, I was a bit chunky, all right. Yeah, well, still a few pounds to go. Just to finish, actually, on Gordon's intro, um, and Gordon is famous on yeah. this show for his intros, I thought it was a really, really good one. And, and it was interesting. They've been taking the mickey out of me. No, I, I, no, I'm deadly serious here, Gordon. But you mentioned about the fact you played in Europe for, for the Bluebirds, Wayne, in 04, yeah. 05. Just, I just thought it'd be interesting just to finish. What, what were your kind of memories of that? What, what was that experience like playing for Hanford West County in Europe back then? It was fantastic. Um, Darren Brace was our manager at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I joined from Kamala in my hometown club in 2002 and we were fighting relegation um, and to be fair Darren recruited really well in a short period um, we had a lot of experienced guys players of your calling losses came back AD Harris's you know Darren himself was playing Lee Kendall um, mm. along with you know local blood like Lee Hudgel was a youngster coming through then we had Lee Walters who was a youngster Dylan Blaine Peter Blaine involved Timmy uh, Hicks Tim scored the early gold in Iceland, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he did, you know. So, I mean, we played the homeland in Indian Park because obviously the ground criteria down the bridge wasn't up to standard then. And obviously we lost one nil there, David Barnhouse on goal, I recall. Um, and then we went out to, to Iceland, which was fantastic, fantastic, you know. Um, great experience. You know, it, it, for me, it was my second time because I was fortunate enough to play in Europe, Camarden in um, 1999, I think it was, AIK Stockholm. So, to come there within two years, you know, we stayed up, built from there. And then I think the season after we went undefeated again that season at home. Uh, we had a special group that time and, you know, good memories, made, made good friends, long-life friends. You know, Wynn yeah. Thomas, guys yeah. were all involved at a decent standard of football now. And, you know, we all bump into each other and, and, and talk about it. So I think it's sort of left the memories very good and something that we treasure forever, to be fair. Well, let's hope that those days return one day. Who knows? You're going in the right direction. Wayne, thank you ever so much for your time. Um, Well done, Wolves, on a hard-earned point against Tottenham last night. Um, I know you're a big Wolves fan. Um, Yeah, totally. Yeah, I didn't think we were great. But listen, keep up the great work I have for West County. Clearly doing an excellent job. Thank you very much for being with us and you're welcome on the show anyone. Thanks for your time this evening. Thank you, Wayne. Thank you, Wayne. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. Plenty more to come. And next, we're going to meet... 
British champion weightlifter who's also a Welsh international cricketer. That's next on Pure West Sport. Welcome to the VC Gallery Bridge Street, Haverford West, a gallery that belongs to the community. You may have seen us on Bridge Street while out and about in town. On your first visit to the gallery, you'll find that instead of being devoted to the metropolitan art scene, we're devoted to you and your community. Sure, you can find professional works from talented local artists, but what we're most proud of is the art on display from our own veterans and members. When you arrive, be sure to step upstairs and experience our year-long Art of Remembrance exhibition. Find us at 26 Bridge Street, give us a ring on 01437 765 873 or find us on Facebook. The VC Gallery Bridge Street, the gallery that belongs to you. Oh, come on. All right there, Dave. Nah, Sam. The garden's a state. The house needs doing up. It's a lot of work, this. Give JRA a call, mate. They'll sort it right out. They'll clear your shed, clean your garden, paint your house inside and out. I don't suppose they do a discount? Oh, yeah. 10% off for OAPs and NHS workers. Fully licensed and fully registered. They'll take your rubble, soil, wood and general waste, too. Oh, I'll give them a call then. Just mention you're an OAP. <laughs> get out of it. To get it sorted, call JRA on 07507 526 140 or have a look on Facebook. It's the most magical time of the year in Pembrokeshire. Pure West Radio.
It's the Cardigans with Love Fool on Pure West Radio. I'm Ben Stone. This is Pure West Sport with G&G Builders. Find out more at pembrokeshirebuilders.co.uk. Brilliant start to the show. Um, Gordon, excellent to talk to Wayne Jones. Doing a good job at having for West County. Yeah, he's doing a great job there. And he's level-headed, is Wayne. Uh, and he's realistic as well, to be fair. And half of West County are having a great season in the Welsh Premier. And he knows, even though it's stopped now, they've still got a lot of work to do. And Fraser, you did try and push him for, uh, is he going to try and get a European place? He didn't quite commit, did he? Trying to catch him out, but he stuck to his line. Fair play to him. He stuck grounded. <laughs> I mean, there must be in with a chance. I guess the, the thing now, um, Fraser, though, is will the season finish um, and will we, will we get games back on? That, that's the I, worry. I did say hypothetically, if the season goes to the end, I think um, there's a, a bit of trepidation now. But I think they need 22 games in, if, if I'm right, for it to be classed as as a season for standings to count so to speak mm. so they should get to there but we wouldn't like to predict anything at the moment would we? No, it's, it's so difficult it, it really is don't forget you can see all of the interviews that we've done on this special show this evening on the pure west radio facebook page they will stay up there and you'll be able to watch them over the next few weeks and we are going to go to our next guest he's going to talk about a couple of sports she's involved with bill khan yeah, she could. I think she could take up any sport and play it well. She's a natural sportswoman. It's Chloe Hood. Nice to have you as the only lady on the show, Chloe. And I remember watching her playing cricket, and I was astonished at how good she became very quickly. But then she decided she was going to go, go at weightlifting. And when I learned that, I thought, no chance. She's too small. She's too petite. She'll never be it. But she's brilliant. And most importantly, Chloe, you're not just a brilliant lifter, she's a brilliant coach and is now working at the sword gym as a coach. So it's Chloe Hood and we couldn't have a nicer young lady on. Happy Christmas, honey, and happy new year. Really Thank good to have you on. on. Yeah, really, really good, Chloe, to, to have you on. I think we should start with, with weightlifting because it, it is intriguing oh, yeah. to, to talk yeah. to you about. Tell us right from the beginning, how, how did you get into it? Uh, well, um, it started off playing cricket. I injured my knee because I was a medium pace bowler and uh, I was playing in hook and I injured my knee and uh, my uncle used to be a weightlifter and he used to coach my mum when she was a young age. So he wanted to start coaching again and he said it'd be good for you to build strength and power for your cricket. And I just fell in love with weightlifting and then just left cricket behind me. What is it about weightlifting that made you fall in love with it? Um, it's, it was a lot different from cricket because whereas cricket is a team sport, you rely on others as well as yourself. Whereas weightlifting, it's just you. You always go against yourself. It's not like when I go into competition, I don't think about what who else is there. I'm just there for myself to try and beat my old records. Hi, Chloe. Um, you got into weightlifting. What age were you when you got into weightlifting? And I, I do recollect that you got Welsh and British Championships. So uh, what age did you start and what uh, what do you actually hold now? What records do you hold? Um, I started quite late. Uh, weightlifting normally starts like around 10, 11. I started at 14 because I was so into cricket and then I just caught on to weightlifting very uh, late. So I was 14. Um, I hold British under 20 champion. I was two years below under 20. So I was against people older than me. Um, I'm Welsh champion. I have over 46 Welsh records. Oh, well done. Younger and older than me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've been to Italy. I've competed for Great Britain. I was the highest ranking 
British athlete in Italy in the games. So yeah, that was uh, European Championships. I know Simon Roach is heavily involved. Uh, I remember Simon over in SDP where he is now as a young lad uh, competing like you are now and getting to the Commonwealth Games. Is that your aim to get to the, the Commonwealth Games or even the Olympics? Yeah, so uh, Simon's my head coach and he's my boss at SOAR. So um, we're working quite closely together to come up for the Birmingham 2022, try and get into them. If not, we're just uh, looking at um, getting into the next one, which will be in New Zealand. So if I don't succeed in this Commonwealth Games, we'll be looking to go further. Well, all the best for that. Good luck. Thank you. She is a natural in weightlifting, Ben, and I was going to just ask her about the age difference. She's able to compete against people older than her. But one of the things I was impressed, I was interviewing her and Neve Roach down at the gym one night, didn't one night for the show, and there was a fellow who was a lot older than Chloe there, and without even she stopped for a second and said to him, oh, if you get your knees bent a little bit better, and, and was coaching him without even thinking about it. And that's when you started your coaching, and you took to that like a duck to water, and you're now an employed by so. Yeah, so um, when we uh, when we're with Simon, he help he get he gives us training partners, and he has to he sits back and lets us coach each other. So when we're sitting there, he'll stand there too, and we'll say what we think is wrong, and if it's right, he'll correct us. And he just got us coaching together, and in the group of saw for all the weightlifters, we just can see things differently, and it's good to have a training partner who you can lean off as well. So that helped me with Neve, especially mm. watching her and helping her grow made me coach a lot better. Chloe Saw has obviously been a great out- outlet, hasn't it, for so many athletes in Pembrokeshire. And um, we've spoken about participation in sport and certainly local sport a lot in this programme. And surely the, the female involvement, not just the female involvement, disability involvement as well in, in, in weightlifting in our county. You, you must have seen that firsthand risen immensely in the last couple of years. And do you find now it is a lot more diverse and there's a lot more young girls, perhaps younger than yourself when you took it up, willing to go, willing to have a go? hundred percent. When I first started, I was a bit nervous. I, I had to take my mum with me because I was the only female there. If Neve wasn't there, it was actually just me and Neve together. And um, the past couple of years, it's just got, and there's more female female weightlifters mm. in store now than there is male. And if you it's don't want me asking, you, you say you're nervous. Is that even despite your mum's involvement? Because you saw it as a male-dominated sport in years gone by. Yeah, all, all the coaches I got coached by were men. It was yeah. just everything you've seen was with men coaches by the side of you. So it was amazing to be with Neve and then grow with Neve together. And then mm. all these all these females started growing. And it was good that Saul was in STP because most of the girls in STP wanted to try it as well. With pupils, yeah, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, well, last time I saw you and interviewed you down at the gym, uh, Chloe, you were actually in charge for the night, for the evening. So you yeah. were helping men and women, boys and girls there. Do you see a future in coaching? A hundred percent. I uh, I would like to join on to the Welsh Weightlifting coaching team and possibly I want to compete as an athlete first at Commonwealth Games mm. and then mm. once that's over, try and coach at Commonwealth Games then, which would be really good. What would it mean? On courses then? I'll go on a bit more. Yeah, I've got um, a British weightlifting level two course, so that allows me to 
be in the gym on my own and coach and write programs for lifters. So there's uh, one more course to take, and that's level three, which will take you up to uh, British standard coaching then. We, we've already spoken to someone in this show, uh, Ben Llewellyn, who was hoping to, to represent Wales in the Commonwealth Games as well. What would that mean to you, Chloe? Because uh, with, with the Commonwealth Games, it's not like the Olympics where it's Team GB. If you went to the Commonwealth Games, you would be representing Wales. What would that mean to you? It'd, it'd be really, really good. When I went to uh, Italy for Team GB, it was like every flag in the hall was like British. And I just love the Welsh flag. So going to Commonwealth Games... And having Wales on you would just be amazing. And just to show that, especially in Pembrokeshire, where we're quite limited in our sport, it'd just be good to show everyone that you can get there. Can we get some numbers from you, Chloe? What what kind of numbers are you lifting? I think people will be um, amazed to hear this. <laughs> At the minute, I've got a 74 kilo snatch, which is over my body weight. And I've got a 95 clean and jerk. Wow. Excellent. Excellent. In terms of confidence building, um, I think strength training is really coming to the fore now. People are realising um, you don't just have to do cardio and, and I'm yeah. probably guilty of that. I do mainly cardio and I'd love to take up strength training. What, what would you say to people listening who, who want to find the confidence to do it? You're, you're lifting phenomenal numbers, but it's a real good thing for self-confidence and changing your body shape, all that sort of thing. What would your message be to, to people listening to this right now, Chloe? Honestly, my uh, personal opinion is join a class because I run a ladies fitness class every Tuesday and Thursday. And when they first come in, they were all nervous. And as soon as they got their first session out of the way, they just fell in love with it. It's just that first session stepping into the gym and it, they just they just change. All the ladies in my group are like best friends at the minute. We've got a WhatsApp group. They send each other birthday cards. They're just so lovely all together. And they wouldn't have met if they didn't go to the gym. It's just that first session's got to go out of the way. It's important to remember as well, isn't it, Chloe, that in Seoul, it's not just youngsters who come in who want to go weightlifting, is there? You do adapt strength training to different types of sport. Just picked on what Ben said there. You would adapt the strength training needed even for an endurance runner. Um, yeah. Again, a big challenge for you because you've got to adapt your training methods and, and your thought process all the time, I guess, to suit the needs of the athlete. Yeah, so um, as a as coaching staff in Seoul, we all have a um, a program set. So if someone come in and they uh, wanted to improve their power, we can give them a program to help them develop that and test their test different um, aspects of what they can do, and then we'll retest them in a couple of weeks and see if they've improved. And it's just in Seoul, it's, you can have anything. Anyone can come in and anyone can try it. Yeah, can I just ask Chloe, because I know we're running out of time. Chloe, we haven't given you any credit for your cricket at all, because what yes. you're saying is so interesting. Could you just briefly finish by telling us, what was it like to run out onto the field as a cricketer? We're playing for your country. What was it like? I I absolutely loved cricket. Just the being with everyone, and it was just the best, the best sport when I was young, because there was a lot of us from Pembrokeshire that actually got into mm. the Welsh squad, yeah. so there was me... Uh, Olivia James, uh, Jess Phillips and um, Ellen Jones, who all got into the Welsh squad at the same time. So it was nice to have familiar faces with us. And the support in Welsh cricket was amazing for us females because, again, men, men cricket is a lot more popular than female. 
So it was, it was, I absolutely loved playing cricket. Well, Chloe, I think one day you'll be a trivia question. Who represented Wales in weightlifting at Commonwealth <laughs> and played international cricket for Wales as well? <laughs> But will you come back on? Will you come back on if you if you make it to those Commonwealth Games? We'll still be here in twenty twenty two, won't we, guys? I think we'll have Chloe back on then. <laughs> Listen, it's an absolute pleasure to talk to you and, and, and Bill and Gordon. I think you'd agree. Fraser, for people who are watching on Zoom at the moment, might just have frozen. If you're listening on the radio, you won't notice. But uh, Fraser is having one or two internet problems this I'm evening. Back. That's caused by the way. He's okay. So we do get the odd freeze and, it, and it's never a flattering angle. Uh, but, but Bill Gordon is, and Fraser, it's, it's brilliant to talk to Chloe. And, and what an inspirational Absolutely, story. Yeah. Yeah, I, know what, I, know, I know what a brilliant job she does and I salute her. She knows that. She's a good one. Yeah, indeed. Chloe, yeah. thank you very much for being with us on yeah, Pure yeah. Radio. You're welcome anytime. Please do come back on the show uh, because, yeah, I think I think you're doing a great job. And we've had some lovely comments. Uh, Rianne Lloyd on the Facebook page. Well done, Chloe. <laughs> Mike Foster, well done, Chloe. All the very best. Keep up the great work. Thank you for talking to us this evening. Well done, Chloe. Thank you very much. Thank you. All the best for the future, Chloe. Well, listen, we've got more to come in the final hour of Pure West Sport this evening. We're going to be talking uh, to three more guests on our Christmas special. Uh, Bill, we've got Kenny Davis coming on to talk rugby. Yes, we have indeed. Yeah, everybody in Pembrokeshire rugby knows Kenneth. Excellent. Uh, Finton Godkin is coming on. Uh, Fraser, extreme sports and endurance events, I think we'll be talking to Finton about. Yeah, and, and a few have got been cancelled this year for obvious reasons but then he's gone double charged with some plans for next year so we'll hear about them yeah you might be interested in ben <laughs> i'm looking forward to that and riafal samurai uh, who is chief sports feature writer for the daily mail gordon thomas you taught him everything he knows i wouldn't say i taught him everything he you knows did. but I, I got him on the road to journalism sports journalism yes yeah uh, he's doing a fantastic job with uh, the mm. daily mail and um, he hasn't changed at all he hasn't changed him. Nope. he's still the riath i remember at prendigas villa and uh, he's he's always got time to talk to you he's a great yeah. great lad that's all to come in the final hour of pure west sport that's after we get the latest news as we head towards eight o'clock Pembrokeshire, from Pembrokeshire, this is Pure West Radio. I'm Charlie James and here's the latest for Pembrokeshire. 341 new cases of coronavirus have been reported in Hewell Dar over the last two days. No figures were reported on Christmas Day and yesterday's numbers included those whose tests were carried out between 9am on Christmas Eve and 9am on Boxing Day. 4,142 new cases have been reported across Wales while 70 deaths have been recorded as well. 253 new cases were reported reported in Carmarthenshire, 37 in Ceredigion and 51 in Pembrokeshire. Dr G 